Days like today for, for me are humbling. Um, they're humbling because I understand that, and Marie and I understand that we are simply a product of someone that said yes and allowed people to pour into our lives over the years. We, we understand that we are truly standing on the shoulders of many great men and women of God. And Pastor Rick and Trish Brozier are two of those people that we stand on today. As long as we live, we're going to be indebted to Pastor Rick and Trish for their leadership, their love, and their kindness. And I'm going to tell you, I would not be in ministry, and I don't mean just ministry in Salina, Ohio. I would not be in ministry today had it not been for that man and woman of God. The Bible says that there are many teachers but very few fathers, and a true father in the faith is one that desires for their son, spiritual son and daughter, to do better than they ever have. And my desire is, as I'm getting a little bit older, I ain't too old yet. Uh, my desire is to get a little bit older is to help grow sons and daughters to do greater things than I could ever do. And I can do that because I've seen it patterned by Pastor Rick because his desire in all of the things that we have done is to do better go higher I, I will tell you there have been a lot of folks that told him told me and told us individually different times that this transition thing is never going to work that he needs to leave they all need to leave for this thing to work and and I'm just telling you, I'm being honest. I'm not, I'm not lying, I'm lying. I say, you, you, this will never work. It'll never work. It's never worked. It's never worked. And I'm going to tell you that it's working. And the reason that it's working is because the heart that the man and woman of God, Pastor Rick and Trish, have for this house to grow and be better than it's ever been before. I'm thankful for that and that it's continuing to work. I, I've told you for weeks that I'm excited about today and it had nothing to do with pastor appreciation Sunday I'm thankful for all of your kindness and your thoughtfulness and um, and thank you for some of you choosing the healthy over the, the bad um, but the pies are going to be great too thank you um, but but I'm receiving one of the best pastor appreciation gifts that I could ever get today because this morning, after being out of the pulpit since June 25th, my pastor is going to be delivering the word. Can you stand all over the house and welcome back to the pulpit, Pastor Rick Brozier.
You'll have to turn me up a little bit. I don't have... Please sit down. Thank you so much. Pastor Steve told me he's going to make it a little easier for me. That's not easy. Um, it is difficult after these uh, these months. What I've dealt with to stand up again. <clears throat> but I'm so grateful. So thankful. Now we're going to get on with the business of things. God is good. I am blessed. Can you declare that today? I am blessed. Uh, today I have a special assignment. Thank you, Dylan. I have a special assignment. First of all, I want to say I am so thankful for all of you who have uh, prayed for us during this difficult time. I am so grateful for the people. I've had so many messages from so many different places. It's been a wonderful thing to know that uh, a lot of people praying because I've needed it. But I want to declare today, first of all, I am so grateful for the leadership of this house, for all of the people. We appreciate all of those who are working and laboring and ministering. You are such a great gift to the body of Christ. Thank you so much for all you do. Amen. <clears throat> but today I'm specifically standing here because it is Pastor's Appreciation Sunday. We do that once every 52 Sundays or so. And I want to honor today, that in fact, the title of my message is simply this, if you can call it a message, it's not a message today. It's something a little bit different, honoring the gifts of God. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, and he himself, please listen closely to the words of this verse, these verses, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I am grateful for the gifts that we have in this house today given to us by God. That thing has, there it goes. Oh, man. Uh, the Word of God. <laughs> I'm not used to things not working correctly. <laughs> the Word of God is crystal clear concerning who Pastor Steve and Marie are to us. They are the gift of God to us. They are given to us for the purpose of equipping us for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry, let me make it very clear, is to be done by the church. Oftentimes everything, all of the weight of ministry is placed on the pastor and his wife and it was never given to the pastor and his wife uh, the, the work of the ministry is for the church. He is here, they are here, he and she are here to equip us to do the work. The work is not necessarily theirs to do, it is ours to do, to multiply, to, to, uh, to um, uh, grow and to be better than we've ever been before is, is uh, due to the equipping we get from the pastor. They are the gifts of God given to equip us to do the work of the ministry. We are greatly blessed, and I don't say that lightly. We are greatly blessed to have this couple 
leading and directing the work and the outreach of this local body. And I want to declare to you, I, Trish and I, either one, will, will, not be, will not be the least bit jealous or envious as we see them succeed in the work of God and things becoming better than they've ever been. Uh, that is the expectation, is that they will lead this local body to a higher place of ministering the life of God into the heart of humanity. That's what I want to see. That's what we are seeing, and we're so grateful for that. Pastor Steve uh, uh, says he's, uh talks about being here uh, this year as a first-year pastor. Last year, in 2022, he was basically the pastor here as he took a greater role uh, through the year and basically run, run the place and, and done it, and so very appreciative of his leadership and thankful for what they are doing as a couple. I want to honor them as a couple today uh, because uh, they are a team, and together they make up one, and, and we, we wouldn't have, I should not say this, but we wouldn't have much of a pastor without Miss Marie. Amen. And so we are so grateful. I would have not been able to pastor here for 35 years without the partnership of my wife, who's been my wife for 49 years. I'm so grateful, so thankful for that. And so we are greatly blessed to have this couple leading and directing this work. They are true servants of God. And they have great integrity. That means the world to me. This was a five-year plan on purpose to make sure that we got who God wanted us to have. Uh, if it would have been possible, if it had been God's plan, we would have raised somebody right out of the church. But uh, we've had a connection with Pastor Steve and Marie for, since they were very, very young and, and have known them in their lives, and we have great respect for them and the life that they have lived. And they've been through a great deal, but God is, has used them and will, has, will use them and will continue to use them. We're so grateful for that. There aren't many jobs that's more demanding than that of a pastor. And I can speak from experience uh, the, 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 the pressure is always there. I've always been grateful. I've never really understood anxiety or stress until I had these strokes. And uh, I, I never really understood anxiety at all. I never experienced anxiety in my life. Stress, God equipped me to deal with it. When he called me to do this, he, is, he, he equipped me. And so, so I never really dealt with, never never. I never felt a, a lot of heavy weight. Uh, I just was able to trust the Lord. But there's, I, I do know that there's not many jobs that's more demanding than that of a pastor. Great pressure is often put on pastors by their local churches to somehow be superhuman beings that are able to accomplish the impossible. I want you to know that their flesh and blood just like everyone else. They have feelings like everyone else. They have highs and lows like everyone else. 
uh, I want to ask you today, is it possible that you might have unrealistic, unrealistic I, listen, that's sometimes I stumble over a word, I cannot help that. Uh, do you have unrealistic expectation of what your pastor should be able to do? Many do. Many have high expectations that are way too high. How many hats can one man and one woman possibly wear? How many burdens can a man and his wife carry before they collapse under the load? If you don't care of your visionaries, who will? It is the job of the church to take care of the gift that God has given us. Remember, they are the gifts of God to us. I don't know about you, but when people give me things, um, Miss Sharon brought me a pie the other night. She, she, she's back there. And, uh, and uh, I took really good care of that pie. I ate every bit of that thing. <laughs> when I get a gift, I take care of it. It means a lot to me. How many, if you don't take care of the visionary and his wife, who will? First Timothy 5, 17 and 18 says this. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the labor is worthy of his wages. That's what the word of God says to us about taking care of those who rule well. Also, let's go on a little farther and let's read if this thing will work. If I have to use my notes, I will. Or try this again. Oh, man, it skipped. Okay, there we are. First Thessalonians. Uh, about might be time to get a new one. <laughs> uh, I've used this one for a long time. It's about quit. Uh, we urge you, brethren, to recognize First Thessalonians five twelve and thirteen, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them. Listen very closely, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. That doesn't mean that. Uh, you uh, every time that they do something that you might disagree with, that you go home and you barbecue them. <laughs> you speak evil of them. Should never be so. It's okay to disagree. I'm sure that there's been more than one person that's disagreed with me <laughs> through the years, and that's okay. It's all right. We all have a difference of opinion. I, I'm not going to say that I might agree with Pastor Steve and Marie in everything that they do. If it's something grievous, I'm certainly, we'll certainly have a conversation. But, uh, but I'm not going to get tore up because he does things differently than I've done them. Because he is not me, he will never be me. God didn't mean him for, me, for him to be me. God called them to fulfill a specific place and do a specific job, one that I could never do. And so... We accept them for who they are, and we trust that they're hearing from the Lord, and we accept even when we don't necessarily 
agree. I, I can't say that that's happened as of yet, and, and, and maybe it'll never happen, but uh, thank God if it doesn't. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. <laughs> Amen. God called pastors have one of the most demanding and challenging assignments on planet earth. They have to deal with people. That is an extremely challenging and difficult task to deal with people. Most people don't have a clue what the pastor and his wife, let me say this, Trish said, please, she told me this week, please don't get any more jobs. She said, every time you get a job, I get a job. There's never been a time that she has not helped me with everything that I have done. Although she has been a silent partner, she has been uh, a major partner, an equal partner in ministry, and that's what you get with Pastor Steve and Marie. See, all of you don't see what I get to see. I'm, I'm around this place nearly every day, and, uh, and, and thankfully, Miss Marie is, uh, has the ability to spend a lot of time here. She does so many things here. She does so much decorating. She does so much work. She, uh, just a week or so ago, uh, she had a couple weeks ago, she had she went and rented a shampooer and worked for hours and hours just cleaning the carpets in here. She works so extremely hard, but not only that, she is a prayer warrior. I've always known her as that. And, uh, and uh, she genuinely cares about the people every bit as much as her husband does. They are a team. You cannot separate them. <clears throat> Most people don't have a clue what the pastor must deal with during a routine week, not to mention the difficult weeks, the highs and lows, the ups and downs, the difficulties, the problems that go on between people and, and the squabbles and the, and the difficulties. And uh, he has to put on, they have to put on their happy face and pretend like everything is okay when sometimes it's not. If you really knew the stress, the pressure, and the complex issues that a real God-called shepherd faces continually, it would change your attitude toward the man and woman of God and his wife forever. You would never, ever one time take them for granted. It would never happen. Come on. <laughs> Please help me. I get my notes out in a minute. I've always got paper notes. I've used a presenter for years, but I always got my paper notes right here beside me in case I need them. Contrary to popular opinion, your pastor and his wife are required to be extraordinary people, carrying unbelievable burdens, keeping up a work schedule that most would consider ridiculous. I can speak some things from experience. I know the hours, and uh, I, I need to ask the Lord to forgive me. I, I, I don't, don't remember not working seven days a week. I don't remember that. can't remember it. I can't remember having a day off. I don't, rem I don't remember that in ministry. Uh, they say, just take it off. Sure, 
That's easy for somebody to say. But there's always something that has to be done. There never comes a time when there's not something to do. Not someone that needs you. I want to let you know that when I got transferred to OSU, that Pastor Steve beat my wife there. (laughs) And I know she was trying to get there as quickly as she could, but Pastor Steve was there for she was. A God called pastor and his wife are always on the clock. Always. Come on. The problem... The attitude of many congregations, I'm sorry, it skips to throw this thing away, <laughs> please. The attitude of many congregations and church boards concerning their pastor goes like something like this. We can always replace him with somebody else. There are plenty of good preachers looking for a place to preach. That's not true anymore. There's a great shortage of pastors in this country. I said pastors. There's a lot of preachers in the country. There's not a lot of pastors in the country. There's a lot of hirelings in the country. There's not a lot of shepherds. There's a huge difference. The problem with that analogy is just because a man can preach doesn't mean he'll ever be able to shepherd. Be a shepherd, be a pastor, be a visionary so important to be able to be a visionary. You've got to be able to see beyond today. You've got to be able, without a vision, none of this would be here. Without a dream, without planning, it would never, this, we'd still be on Sugar Street in a little old building down there. A hireling will never be the answer to the needs of a local church. You might get somebody that is greatly charismatic, and greatly gifted to speak. I'd much rather have somebody that loves me than somebody that could ever speak well. Thankfully, we have somebody that can do both. (laughs) This thing is so slow. I don't know how many it skipped. I don't have any idea. Who will take care of your pastor and his wife? If you don't, that's, that's the, 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 the most important point that I have today in all of this. Who'll take care of the pastor and his wife if you don't? It's not your option, but it's your responsibility to see to it that your pastor and his wife don't get burned out. It's a good thing I still get to be on the board because I've got a few things that needs needs addressed. One of them is that the pastor and his wife should go to at least two conferences every year and it should never cost them a dime. The refueling process is so important. It's a constant giving, 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 giving. And if you continue to give and you cannot take in, you eventually wear down, wear out, give out, and there's nothing left. The leadership of your church 
the leadership of this church must take on the responsibility of pastoral care. If you don't care for them, if we don't care for them, who will? If we don't encourage them, who will? If we don't bless them, who will? If we don't help hold them up, who will? I've already told you they're not superhuman. They're not superhuman beings that rip off their outside code and inside it says Superman, Superwoman. You should appreciate and honor your pastor and his wife and not take them for granted and just assume they'll always be able and they'll always be strong and they're always able to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Should never. You should do everything in your power to encourage them and let them know that they're both needed and they're wanted. They're particular, they're, they are a part of who we are. and We need them. Don't take God's gift to this church and the community for granted. Spirit-filled pastors with moral integrity that truly care about you and the lost people in your family and community are a gift from God. They're a gift from God. There are pastors who, who move every three or four years, and that is, that is the most common thing in the United States of America for a pastor to move every just every few years. I'm going to go where there's a better opportunity. I'm going to go where there's a bigger church. I'm going to go where doors open. I can say this now. I've turned down multiple opportunities to go someplace else to a bigger place because God didn't call me to a bigger place or a better opportunity. He called me to Salina, Ohio, and he never changed that. <clears throat> Spirit-filled pastors with moral integrity truly care about you and the lost people and your family. They care about the community. They just want to see God do a thing in people's lives. They want to make a difference in eternity. You can always find a shooting star that'll intrigue you with his brilliant fire, but his fire will soon be gone when he preaches up all of his excellent sermons. But a beautiful shining star that reflects the light of the sun continually is a star that understands the value of staying in the position where he's been placed. People in days past use stars to help them to find their way. It's how they traveled without getting lost because a star was always fixed in its place. It can always be found. We always know where to look. That's what pastors are. It's okay. You're going to eat pretty soon. I'm about done. <laughs> if you really knew and understand the many diverse roles that a pastor has, you wouldn't speak unkind words to him and his wife when they can't meet your personal expectations. He not only has to take care of you and your family, but a hundred more just like you. I edited some things. This is not the first time I've ever done pastor's appreciation services. I've done a lot of them. 
I've added some things and changed some things I would say that's a little more abrasive. Uh, has to not only take care of, <laughs> I would have said, said it differently, I'm not, but a hundred more just like you that want and need as a personal attention right now. I want you guys to come to my rescue right now. I need you right now. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people saying that he is, they are under a great burden. I, I chuckled in the past every time, and I used to hear it a lot, haven't heard it in a long time. Nah, it hadn't been that long ago. I heard some Christian, a member of the church, ask this question, what do you do all week long since all you do is preach on Sunday? How big of a notebook have you got? Let me begin to write that down. The same clown might make the statement like this, I'd like to have your job. You get paid real good and you only have to work one day a week. I don't know how many times I've heard that. People who make those kind of statements are just ignorant. They're uninvolved with the church and don't have a clue how many hats the man of God, the man of God and his wife has to wear. How many hats does your pastor and his wife have to wear? The pastor has to be a preacher, a teacher, a mentor, a leader, a listener, a counselor, an administrator, a missionary, a planner, a prayer, prayer warrior, and a student. They do visitation in homes, jails, hospitals, nursing homes, preaches funerals, performs weddings, and involves, and they involve themselves in community activities. Sometimes he drives a church van or cleans the church after a non-thinking, irresponsible group fails to clean up after themselves on Saturday afternoon or evening. He must do what nobody else does or will do. The pastor is expected to attend every church function, graduation party, anniversary celebration, and birthday party. So every time you plan something, invite him. Remember, there's, there's 10 other people that's also invited him to attend something. Don't get your feelings hurt if they can't attend something because they're at the hospital praying with someone. They plan and put together special church services and events. Him and his wife attends whether they feel like it or not. They're there even if a long lost relative appears out of nowhere an hour before the service. He has breakfast meetings, lunch meetings, dinner meetings, business meetings. He gets out of bed in the middle of the night when someone needs him to come to their rescue. Somehow, on top of all that, he has to find a way to get ready for the conference he's been invited to preach at. Or we can't forget the upcoming mission trip he might be going on, the preparation, the packing, the organizing. Does it ever end? No. No. There are things that I can speak from. It's one of them. And I've got to stay out of a particular spot. 
May this place just fall apart. <laughs> Leave for a few months and nothing works. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, that's not true. That's not true. There's been, <laughs> there's been so many improvements already done, and, and, and there's still, I know that uh, the team is still working some things, trying to get all the bugs out of some things that they've replaced and, and uh, using new software and new material, doing a great job. Updating things that need to be updated, changing things that need to be changed. So appreciative of that. Let's not forget, oh, we haven't mentioned this at all. The pastor and his wife also have a family with the same responsibilities that you have. How much extra time do you have? Think about how many times that you say, I don't have enough time. I can't do that. He has all of his family responsibilities plus your stuff. They carrying that around. It's heavy. I'm just telling you, it's heavy. Carrying that around. Day in and day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. Don't tell me that they don't need to get away and be rejuvenated, get fired up again. I can't tell you how many times that happened to me through the years. Everybody always had known when I'd, when I'd went to a conference and just sit there, not a conference to preach. That's not a vacation. I got so mad. Folks used to say when I was going to preach somewhere, you're going on vacation, huh? I'm going to go take it easy for a few days. One of the most demanding things I've ever done was go to conferences and preach and teach. And, and uh, it's not a vacation. And I am telling you from experience, the rejuvenation, the restoration process is so very important. I want to tell you, don't take the special gift that God has given, given us for granted. Never. Even if he's here 50 years. You'd be an old man then. Wow. You'd be old too. Uh, what an old team. We'll be around here in 50 years. Don't bother him. Don't bother her. Don't bother them with trivial things that you can handle yourself. Please don't do that. That is cruel and unusual punishment. Pastor Stephen Marie. Today, yesterday, and tomorrow, they'll be ministering the life of God into the hearts of humanity because I know who that's who they are. I know that's what their heart is. I know that's what God has called them to do. They are truly, they're making not only a difference in our lives, they're making a difference in eternity. We're so grateful for that. They're truly... Truly, as we read in the first verse today, they are gifts of God to us, so we honor them. 
not only do we honor you, I'd like to pray for you today if you need to do that. And Pastor Doug is going to come. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so thankful for what you're doing. You certainly came at the right time. God knew what was going to transpire before it transpired. Why did it transpire? I have no idea, but we would have been up a creek without a paddle. <laughs> and I'm more than ready for you to continue to do what you're doing. I want to do something, but I'm ready to rest a little bit too. I enjoy working. But after almost 50 years in ministry, I'm a little tired. Trish, can you come and help me today? Oh, I love you. We're so blessed with two beautiful great-grandchildren. Cooper somewhere else being noisy. We're grateful for that. <laughs> uh, Ellie's quiet. Well, she is not busy like Cooper. I'm thankful for the opportunity to work with you. We want to help you any way we can. But you and Marie are the leadership of this church. We'll do our best to follow that lead. Be submissive to the leadership of this house. Grateful. I believe that we have Followed the direction and leadership of God. And I do anticipate there are truly productive days ahead. And I think you have said it many times I don't care about who might be in the building, the number in the building, is somebody's life being changed. I truly believe that you are going to be instrumental in equipping these people to make a huge difference in eternity. I don't care if those that get saved attend Abounding Grace Church. I just want them to be saved. I want them not to go to hell. We're not doing a religious thing. We're doing a God thing. We're following Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these people. I thank you for their heart. I thank you for their calling. Lord, it's not an easy thing for them or any other God-called leader that's more than a hireling when they... It's a heavy burden, a great responsibility. And Lord, they desperately need the anointing, the ability of the Holy Spirit to do everything that they're not able to do themselves. Thank you for that ability of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit 
help us go farther than we can go, do more than we can do, reach more than we can reach. Lord, I pray that for many years to come, you will bless these folks until Jesus comes. Bless these folks to lead this ministry into higher heights and deeper depths. Bless them with health and strength, life and energy. Bless them with joy and victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Rick said they're our gift. He said they're our gift, and that's that's what it is. Uh, I don't know, you know, a few years ago, Rick started talking to the board about his plans. No, you guys stay. Rick started talking to the board about his plans uh, uh, to uh, step aside. Not step away, but step aside. And uh, I don't know about the rest of the board, but that was super scary. Because the first thing he said was, the best situation is we raised somebody up in internal. And we both started look we all started looking at each other getting real scared. Um, they're our gift. I don't know about you, but but I prayed for them. I didn't know it was them. I'm glad it was. But I prayed for them. I said, Lord. Lord, send us. Send us who we need. Right? They're here. Pastor Steve, here's at the conference that Revival's coming to Ohio. And y'all go, woo! Right? I would say, woo! Woo! I heard a lot of woo, and I thought, oh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Equipping the saints. That's what they're here for, to equip the saints. If Revival's coming here... We got to be equipped. We got to be equipped because we're not ready. Why has revival not come? Because we're not ready. And so, so let's, I, I just want to pray before, I just want to pray and, and ask. Lord God, I just pray that you would make your people pliable. Lord, that we would be clay. As you, as you take this man of God and this woman of God as tools in your hand to, to shape us and mold us and make us, Lord God, I pray that we would be pliable. I pray the, pray the Lord God that we would be putty in their hands and that you could mold us through them into who you need us to be to do the work that you've purposed this church to do. Lord God, I fully believe that you want to do greater things than you've done in the past through this church body. But it's only going to happen, Lord God, if we're pliable in the hands of the leaders, of the, of the gift that you've given us through this man and woman of God. Lord God, make us pliable that we might accomplish all that you've purposed for us to do. And we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the glory. What was it that Mordecai Mordecai said to, said to Esther, he said, you know, who knows? Who knows? But that you were placed here at this time for such a time as this. God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. Heard of that. But that plan only comes to fruition 
when we submit ourselves to the, to the tools that he's placed in the house to make us and mold us and shape us into who he wants us to be. I give you guys this token. It's a token of our appreciation. It's also a whole lot of words from a whole lot of people that love you and appreciate you so much. Not just today, but every day of the year. They appreciate you and everything you're doing. The sacrifices you're making, we understand that it's a sacrifice. And we're so thankful. This isn't something you've chosen. This certainly isn't something you've chosen. This is something God's called you to. And we're so thankful that he called you to do the work you're doing in this place. We give him the glory for the work that you're doing. Amen. We love him, don't we?